Hi, welcome back to Litcentric Radio, the podcast that's a literacy coach in your pocket. I'm your host, Dr. Julie Webb. I'm so excited to be launching season three of Litcentric Radio. And even more exciting, you guys, so far we've had over 5,000 downloads of the show. Now, for some people, I know that's probably not a very impressive number because, you know, some of the podcasts I listen to, like, have literally a million downloads per episode. <laughs> so I don't want to compare myself to them because, you know, that's kind of like crazy success. But I'm so excited because not only do we have a lot of downloads, which means people are listening, but I know that we have pretty consistent numbers each time. So I know that a lot of you come back each week to listen to the show, and I really appreciate it. I really want the show to be very useful for you and very helpful and to give you some new ideas and new things to think about. So I'm thrilled that you come back week after week, and thank you so much for listening. So I do hope I've given you some new things to think about and maybe a new take on some things. Um, but what I really need from you is actually your feedback. You know, um, probably not a lot of you have uh, created a podcast on your own. Maybe some of you have, but it's a very kind of interesting experience because you're talking into a microphone and imagining having a conversation with someone who really isn't there, <laughs> right? So I'm creating this content and I'm talking to you right now and I hope it feels, you know, comfortable for you and it, and it feels, you know, accessible and interesting. But for me... I'm not talking to anyone, right? It's, it's kind of like talking into a vacuum. And so as much as I want the show to be helpful for you, I need to know parts that are helpful for you. And I need to know the parts that, that I really need to improve upon because I know there's a lot of room for improvement. So what I really need help from you with is to get feedback from you and your expertise on ways that I can make the show even better. So what I need you to do is log on to litcentric.com and directly on the homepage, the very first um, button you see in the big Litcentric picture, there is a link there to take uh, a survey. And it's just a quick Google form. I made it really simple. And it literally took me less than 60 seconds to take the survey, but I'm calling it a three-minute survey just because, you know, maybe I was fast. I'm not sure. Uh, but it really is about the fastest I could ever make it. The questions are as easy as possible. Um, but the information that you can provide for me, even though the questions are simple, it's really valuable information for me. And there's not a lot of ways for me to actually access this information. I mean, some of it's simple, like what grade do you teach? I mean, it's really basic stuff. But I'm also interested to know which kind of sections of the show that, that work best for you and how to make different sections better. Because like I said, I know the show can be a lot better. I don't have a huge team, you know, production team behind me and I'm editing everything myself and all that good stuff. And actually, I like all those parts. Um, and maybe one day the show will be big enough that we have a team and it can really be the, one of those fancy podcasts. But for now, it's just me. And I really need to know what you think of it, what you like about it, maybe what you'd like to change about it. And just be as honest as you can. You won't hurt my feelings, I promise. I'm already grateful that you're here and listening. Um, but that feedback would be so helpful. So if you could please go to letcentric.com, directly on the homepage, the very first button, it says take the three-minute survey. I would really appreciate if you did that. Thanks so much. So without further ado, let's get started on our first mentor text for season three. We're going to take a look at a wonderful book called Not Quite Snow White. And first of all, I mean, I love a catchy title, right? I, I think actually writing a title or a headline of an article, I think that's one of the hardest parts about writing. I don't know why, but it was always one of the things that was tough for me. So when I see a great title, especially one that's rhymes and is kind of catchy and communicates a lot, I'm always really impressed by that. 
So Not Quite Snow White is written by Ashley Franklin and illustrated by Ebony Glenn. And first of all, the illustrations are really darling. They they almost look, um, they kind of look computer driven to me. And they almost look like they could just um, kind of come to life at any moment, like they would be, you know, on a television screen or a movie screen. They're really neatly done. And I really love this book, even more so probably for the actual content in it. And In this book, the main character has to overcome criticism and her own self-doubt, which, you know, oftentimes we don't talk about subjects like that, especially in books for young children. And to think about how we have to take in criticism from others as well as self-doubt or self-criticism, I think it's kind of a heavy subject and the book handles it beautifully. What I love to use this book for is how we can actually bring words to life. Like I said, the illustrations almost look like they're going to come alive off the page. And I think the words in this text have that kind of magical quality too. We're specifically going to look at how we can use this text to help us with description, specifically using adverbs. So we're going to dive into that today. Are you one of the many teachers who feels overwhelmed by running records? the time they take and all those codes to memorize and how tough they can be to analyze. Well, you're not the only one and I've been there. I still find running records challenging only because students present really differently every single time you read with them, right? Every year you get a different set of kids and every once in a while you get that kid who presents and processes in a way you haven't seen before. And running records and having the know-how around them can really help you understand better how your students process text. And not just little pieces of text, right? Not just word lists or, or simple sentences, but really understanding how they process an entire text and all the intricacies of that. It's really challenging for students to do, and it's challenging for us to understand. And running records can really help us dig in and understand what's going on in their little brains. I'm really excited to share with you that I've created an online course called Running Record Bootcamp. Now, this is the course I desperately wish I had had when I first started running records. Back in the day, it was like, oh, by the way, there's a thing called a running record, and here's what the paper looks like. Go for it. Have fun. You know, (laughs) that was kind of the advice I got. And it took me a lot of studying, a lot of practice, a lot of getting feedback from more experienced teachers who were kind enough to give me their time and expertise. And over the years, I started getting better and better. And now I feel really confident about my running records. And not only that, I feel really confident about the instructional decisions I make based on those running records. And I know that they've been helpful to me because my students' progress was just amazing after I got a lot better with those instructional moves informed by that assessment. So if you're one of those teachers who feels a little bit overwhelmed or maybe unsure, like are running records going well? Is there something else I should be doing? Is there something else I should know about? Can I be maximizing my time better? All those kind of questions, which I always grapple with still today. Running Record Bootcamp can help you with those things. So I hope you'll take a look at it. If you go to litcentric.com and click on the Learn tab, there's a link there for this first course. I hope it's going to be the first of many, honestly. Uh, but the course in there, you can see the course syllabus. You can even see some sample videos and get a sense of some of the um, important information that I share in there, all the demonstrations that I have in there. And then don't forget, there is an online Facebook group uh, that I have to accompany the course. It's an exclusive group only for course participants. So you can get further coaching from me and help with those 
those tricky situations, like I said, when a kid presents differently and you're not quite sure how to how to manage that through their running record. I hope you'll take a look and join me in Running Record Boot Camp. All right, let's take a look at today's text, Not Quite Snow White. For Tamika, it was always the right time and place to dance and sing. Tamika had a hip-rolling happy dance, a swayful sad dance, a stomping mad dance, and a hair-flicking just-because-she-felt-fabulous dance. So I really applaud the author and illustrator here for tackling some really challenging issues with body image, race, cultural issues, and talking about children's perceptions about how we can become, you know, certain characters or, or the way things quote unquote should be done, right? And I love her parents uh, talking with her about how, you know, who she is is exactly who she's supposed to be. She can turn that and channel that into anything she wants to be. And this idea that, first of all, Snow White is pretend, which I think sometimes kids need to be reminded of too, and that there are different perspectives when people create characters, whether through drawings or illustrations or, or uh, through you know, an author's words, there's a particular perspective, right? And a particular context for that character. And sometimes uh, our kids aren't aware of that. Um, and of course, I love the rhyming again. We've got the rhyming in the title, not quite Snow White. And then what her dad says is she's just enough of all the right stuff. How cute is that? I mean, that's a phrase you can definitely, um, definitely teach your students. Sounds kind of like one of those callback, you know, kind of things you can do with your class too. I love that idea. So as I mentioned, we're going to practice description, a narrative description today, and we're going to talk with students specifically about adverbs. A lot of times I talk with kids about description words, and often our conversation lends itself to adjectives, right? Words that describe nouns. In this case, we're going to add some adverbs to the adjective. We're going to create a chart that pulls specifically um, examples from the text, and then we're going to add even more to it. And all of this is in service to the writing task, which I'm going to ask students to imagine the scene where Tamika auditioned for the play and describe the dances she performed and also how she felt. Because we they talk about that quite a bit in the book, that who she is lends itself well to the dancing and the movement and things and vice versa. And so there's a connection there about how she feels, um, how kind of perfect those situations feel to her. Um, and so we want to connect that with actually the movements that she does. And I want them to use this chart to help them to um, generate that description. Now you can decide if you want to create like a brief write with this where, you know, we write this certain section, a paragraph or two, and then it can be inserted in the larger text, you know, as part of the text. Or you can have it be a standalone um, kind of piece where um, maybe we write a very brief, uh, you know, description in the beginning and a conclusion at the end and insert this um this there as part of like a larger piece. So you can decide how you might want to do that. So for our examples here, um, I have basically three kind of sections going on in this chart. Uh, one section is for the adverbs. Um, another is for the adjective. And then I also want to include a section for photographs because I want students actually to get up and actually enact these, uh, these particular movements because it's so essential in the story about how Tamika feels and how that's connected to the music and the movement for her. And so I want students to actually role play some of that. And we're going to take some photos of students actually acting out what these dances could look like. 
And I think through those experiences, the actual physical experience and attaching language to that physical experience can enhance students' ability to actually describe and, and produce some good narrative writing. So in the text, and it's very close to the beginning of the book where they describe some of the types of dances that Tamika does kind of on a regular basis just for herself. They talk about this happy dance that she does and they call it a hip rolling happy dance. So that's how it would start the chart. Under the adverb, I would say hip rolling. And then adjective, I would say happy dance. Okay, so we've got dance is, of course, the noun, but that's what we're describing here. So we've got hip rolling, happy dance. And then I would add a photo of what a student might look like doing a hip rolling happy dance. And of course, students can take a picture of me too. I could be one of the models in the, in the photos. And there's not enough examples here on my chart for every single student in my class to be in a photo, but that's fine because I can just have multiple kids in a photo, right? I mean, there's lots of ways that a hip rolling dance can look. And so if I can add that in that, you know, with more students, that's even better. Another example from the book um, when they talk about the sad dance, they call it a swayful sad dance. So swayful being the word here, and then sad dance, um, you know, as the adjective. Another adverb, stomping. So they attach stomping to the mad dance, and they attach hair flicking to the fabulous dance. And so when we add these to the chart, we have the adverb, we add the adjective, and then we add a photo later. I don't have to do the photo right then, obviously. I just want to take, make sure we're acting it out and take the photos. Then later I can print them and maybe add them, you know, after lunch or add them the next day. And then that gives us a chance to revisit the chart. Plus, it's a lot of fun for kids to see the photos, right? So in this case, though, when we talk about the adverbs, I want students to understand that there's a base verb right, that's actually inside of these words. So for hip rolling, when I write hip rolling, I'm going to underline the word roll because that's the actual verb. Swayful, I'm going to underline sway. Stomping, I underline stomp. And hair flicking, I underline flick because those are the things that I want students paying attention to. Later, we can add some other ideas to this chart. Now, these are just some ideas that, I, that students help me come up with, but your students can come up with probably even better ones or at least some additional ones so the chart can be as long as you want it to be. And you definitely don't have to add all these ideas at once, right? This could be something you revisit over a couple of days. So maybe if we're gonna describe a nervous dance, it could be a shoulder shrugging nervous dance. So we would add shoulder shrugging, we would underline shrug as the verb and add nervous dance, and then a photo. We could have a jumpy excited dance or a chest pumping proud dance, a fist clenching frustrated dance, a flowing calm dance, right? So not only do I love the fact that when students are using adjectives, we can expand their use of that because in the book, she has pretty basic ones, happy, sad, and mad, but then the word fabulous, which is awesome. But then a lot of my students need to branch out from adjectives like happy, sad, and mad. So we can add other feeling words and even tie it into our social emotional learning that we're doing. We can add words like nervous, excited, proud, frustrated, calm. That's language I want my students to have and, and feelings I want them to recognize. And if we can attach adverbs to that, even better. Shoulder shrugging, jumpy, chest pumping, right? Those are great. And those kind of adverbs and those descriptions are not ones that most of my students would generate on their own. And so I need to prompt them towards that and provide them resources and experiences to build language like that so that it ends up showing up in their oral language and in their writing. 
So I hope you'll check out Not Quite Snow White. I know a lot of you love this book already. And if you have a copy of the book already, excellent. I hope you try out uh, this lesson. And please tag me. Uh, if you if you do the lesson, please take a photo. Please tag me on social media. I'm on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you want to be, even on Pinterest, everywhere. I'm at Let'scentric. And I would love to see examples of some of the things you're doing with your students with a book like this one. Thank you again for listening in for seasons one and two. And again, I'm excited that we're launching into season three. Please don't forget to take my super quick survey to make Litcentric Radio even better. Log on to litcentric.com and the homepage, it's that first button you're going to see. Take the three-minute survey. I really hope you do. We'll see you next time. Have a great day at school.